0: We don't want people to go through life thinking there's a threat out there. You know, there no. are there are threats out there. I mean, if you ever been swimming in the ocean, I mean there's there's things out there that can eat you, but do you go enjoy yourself? Absolutely. You know, if you go walk in the woods, there are things out there that can eat you. If you've ever been to Africa, there are definitely things out there that can eat you. Yes. So I mean it's and, it, and it's fun because, you know, and reminds me, sitting around a fire in the middle of Africa in the bush, you take your flashlight and you turn it on, and you shine it out in the, into the bush around you and all you see is eyeballs. Yep. But you're oh. sitting there at the fire going, I'm enjoying this nice bourbon or, or a cigar or something like yep. that and enjoying life. We have to enjoy life and not be tense about the fact that there are predators, prey. We are prey to some predators. Um But the reality is they will choose their prey based upon how that prey allows us to be
1: chosen. Welcome to Wise Words and Whiskey. I'm your host, Wiley McGraw. Join me with other great guests as we sip good whiskey and talk about all things high performance. So kick back, pour yourself a nice dram, and settle in for some low-key conversations on high-performance living. Let's jump in. For those of you that are hanging out with us, I want you to meet Mr. Adam Contos. Adam served in the United States Marine Corps, another veteran like myself. He was also the team leader for a SWAT team, I think Douglas County, Colorado. Firearms, current firearms instructor. He was a sniper instructor, a police academy instructor. He's a devoted father and husband. And in 2022, he retired as the CEO of Remax Holdings Inc., which is the largest real estate company, I think, in the world right now. Um, He also took his excellence, his skills and his expertise on the road to become an entrepreneur and founder AdamContos.com, where he still kicks down the proverbial doors. He... Blows up the conventional thinking for others, and he really challenges and pushes people to actually win at life. He's also the host of the popular podcast, Start With a Win, which I was a guest on as well. We had a great conversation. Um, But I did not bring Adam here to talk about his pedigree and his accomplishments. Those are all just commitments to excellence for who he is. I brought Adam here today to talk about the program he developed back in 2003 called SAFER. It's a personal protection program exclusively for real estate agents to help them deal with assault, theft, and other mischievous conduct that tends to um, overwhelm that industry as a whole. And I've got a story to share with you later on in our conversation around my agent who shared something with me about that. um, And how actually that program, Adam, can parlay into the world as a whole right now, especially given how contentious it is, the tension in the air, and how people are experiencing assault and victimization but before we jump into that point my man i want to go ahead and crack open this amazing bottle of whiskey that we are here to share together if you are in the audience as well and you want to participate and you have the ability to do so you're not driving a car exercising whatnot go ahead and pour yourself a little glass kick back and relax because we're going to share this with you and give you an experience as well so adam let's go ahead and give ourselves a little pour now this is a very special whiskey adam that I, i picked out for you brother. Um, it's called widow Jane tenure. It's a small batch limited release production. It's a bourbon whiskey. Now what's really fantastic is when you hear bourbon whiskey, you probably, you know this very well yourself, not even, not even being a big drinker, but people that are listening bourbon whiskey itself is known to be made in Kentucky. You can smell that, right? That's fantastic. I can smell it too. It's amazing. (laughs) It's really, really good. I can already tell before we even put it in our palate but I want to share why it's special. And it's special, number one, because it is one of the oldest and rarest bourbons on the market. And it was produced by um, an unbelievable woman in Brooklyn, New York, not in Kentucky. That's what typically you hear when bourbons is, is made in Kentucky. This one was birthed in New York, which is very fascinating. And I found it perfectly for you and I today because of your unique, diverse background as well and how Special and rare, that tends to be that kind of combination with what you've done in your life. So I felt it was really fitting for us to kind of share this together. But for the audience, before we sip this, to introduce them to a whole new way to appreciate these types of spirits, the point of this is for us to understand the smell, like you just wafted to yourself, and then the taste of the whiskey once you experience that smell so that your palate prepares for what the flavors might be so with that said what i'd like to do with you brother is go ahead and as we uh you know say in gaelic my family used to say this all the time to your health slantia slantia widow jane oh lovely wow what are you thinking
0: it's very smooth yeah deep deep rich taste I mean, uh, definitely, definitely, uh, you know, the bourbon flavors to it. So uh, right. very nice. Uh, I mean, just my whole palate is, is alive. Oh, it's amazing. Alive.
1: Yeah. Well, I, and that's what's great is we smelled it, The olfactory system took over immediately once we poured it. And if you're listening to this to learn to appreciate these spirits rather than just drinking to get drunk. Or when you hear whiskey, a lot of my friends will say, I don't like whiskey because it hurts. It burns. And I just don't like the flavor, but they've never had anybody introduce them to it this way. So you smelled it. And what I got when I first smelled, it was almost like a candied pecan. I got like a cotton candy, almost like a, a deeper, richer cherry, like a dark cherry on just in this, on the, on the nose. And then when I sipped it, I got the same thing. It's like, it's not that heavy in tannins, which is like that overpowering flavor you typically get with like wines and other types of whiskeys. But it has a very smooth, subtle oak to it with a sweetness like, a, oh man, almost like a blackberry and confectioner's sugar. That's what I'm getting. So giving yourself permission to pour yourself a small glass, if you're out there and you've never tried whiskey try it first with smelling it letting the smell come across your refractory system experiencing your own subjective nose if you will what you get and then sip it and let it wash over your palate you'll you'll start to notice how your appreciation for drinking spirits changes and that's why I brought this on you know the show as well why we have wise words and whiskey is is important to, to introduce people to a new way of drinking but Adam yeah brother let's that's why we have this here too we're going to sip this throughout the conversation I want to get back to the <laughs> point of why I brought you on which is that why you developed SAFER, which is the acronym for your personal protection program for real estate agents. It's interesting, real estate from your background, and then how that actually can parlay into people in society, given how our, our current culture is operating, the tension that's in here. And I look forward to unpacking that with you, brother. So let's, let's jump in here. Sounds good, brother.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah so I mean, a safer, a SAFER was the, the creation of a... A relationship that I started developing within the real estate space. I I grew up around my friend's mom was a, a Remax agent. So in the '80s, which that's when Remax really started growing in the Denver metro area, I would listen to her stories. We would we would help her sort through multiple listing service books and things of that nature, and and create her um, her path to show homes. And it was fascinating when I would hear the stories that real estate agents would experience, and there are stories that so many other people start to experience in life as well, where they find themselves in these vulnerable situations. And it was it it became a passion of mine to help people that were vulnerable, that were victimized in life. You know, I got into law enforcement uh, quite young in uh, 1992, 1993. and i I figured you know instead of responding to help people, maybe I could help them by not having to respond by equipping them with the tools that they needed in order to be safe, living their lives, doing their jobs. And that's really where uh, Safer was born. I saw that in the early 2000s, a great deal of agents were actually getting victimized doing their jobs. Right, right people don't pay attention unless there's a pain in your space. Uh, This pain emerged in real estate. And I thought, "Eh, hey, it's time for me to, um," I had a security consulting firm. I was doing counterterrorism training and homeland security consulting. So I thought, I'm going to develop a real estate agent
1: safety program. And thus
0: SAFER, which stands for Safety Awareness for Every Realtor, was born. And it's bounced around the industry since then.
1: Yeah, you know, what's great. You said something. I'm glad you said that's why I I brought that point forward. Because right away, what came out of that um, response, if you will, is how people are not paying attention, unless there's pain in their space. And it's interesting is because even the nature of my work is recreating healthy, painful experiences so that we can eradicate stresses, these powerful people, right? These CEOs, etc. They have lived their lives unaware of so many different facets of themselves that are are hindering their ability to be uh, the best to to win at life. That's your biggest thing is how do you win at life? How do you kick down those doors? And you said that, and I thought that's fantastic because we're in our phones society that we're in our phones We're buried. What you and I know very well being military and I've talked to a lot of other veterans as well is there's not enough personal situational awareness anymore. We're overwhelmed by stimuli so that we end up, it's almost like we're contracting more than we are expanding as a society. And that's why it was so, to me, it was so revealing that program you created and how that can parlay outward to share with other people why it's important for them to become more aware of their surroundings so that they actually can be prepared, better prepared for any type of situation. And that will then consequently lessen the victimization that tends to be prevalent in our society so yeah i just wanted to man i wanted to point that because you're right there's not enough pain but that's the unfortunate part is people have to be victimized first before they're willing to do anything and you're saying no i see it and i'm going to prevent it here's how we can do it that's right
0: and unfortunately we we get lost in the fog of life just like in the fog of war battles are lost or one as a result of the awareness and, and the uh, intention around that awareness. Right. So um, it's, it's the same thing when you're doing your job. I mean, how many times have you driven to work, wherever work is, and you can't remember what color the traffic lights are that you drove through? And we lose that awareness because we get into this, you know, our, our mind goes on autopilot, yeah. we start taking over, or yeah. we just get used to the the noise that's happening around us. And you're right, the phone is, when I started this, really the the phone the iPhone was not necessarily in existence at right, that point. Right. <laughs> so um free,
1: <laughs> yeah. you know, right?
0: <laughs> it, yeah, it was it was actually a freeing time compared to how True. we live right now with, with a screen on our face. So it's even worse. But ultimately it boils down to uh, and you you nail the first premise of Safer, which is awareness. There are four premises to Safer, which is awareness, avoidance, de-escalation, and response. Yeah. And then how we live our lives around those four premises. Not only help us stay safe in how we live our lives and help those around us stay safe, but it actually gives us a new awakening to truly what our opportunities are in life. You will do better business if you are more if you are more aware of your safety and your surroundings. Very
1: true, very true. No, that's you're you're right. That's a, a big part of it. Is like I brought up con- that contraction. That's the only thing that kept coming up from you is we should be expanding. That's the whole premise of life is we should be evolving and expanding consciousness, physicality, emotionality, but we are contracting as a society. Back to 2003, I was in Iraq in 2003, and I remember I had that little Nokia, whatever that cell phone was, but it was never really a thing. Nobody was in it. It was never, um, I need my phone with me at all times, rather than you know, if we were on call or whatever it might have been, yeah, we have to have our phones, but yeah, you're right. It was a freeing time. We weren't distracted as much, and I think that's the biggest thing here. Um, my, you know, I'm going to tell you real quick. My real estate agent uh, came over for dinner with my wife and I uh, recently, and this is why I think it's this is a valid point to What you're saying, she shared a moment where this was after obviously you know we've known each other for a few years. We bought our house, and we, you know we became friends. She came over for dinner, and we started talking, and she told us that there was a time when she was at a showing. And three people were in the house and they surrounded her and they told her weirdly, what would you do if we attacked you right now? And she's this, you know, small framed woman, but she's a firecracker. So, of course, she responded with, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to, you know, fuck you up. I'm going to come after you. you want to do it. Go for it. But I'm, you're going to have a fight on your life. I mean, they didn't do anything. But the point that she made was this is how bad it gets in the industry. And this is unfortunately what's happened all around the world in, in, in any society or any community. It's not just even the real estate industry. I'm hearing it from all over the place. And it's important because people are so caught up in the noise now. They are not even remotely prepared to understand their surroundings, let alone know how to emotionally or mentally react to them. And therefore, it gets to the point where, like health, like other things, it has to get really bad and near death before you finally do something about it. And you are saying, look, what you do for a living now, especially with all of your expertise, is you're getting people back on track to wake up, to become aware, to pr- learn how to protect themselves and operate as, as their best so that with their doing business, military, whatever it might be, they succeed and they have less of the negative impact that comes from being alive. So that was a big part of that. I mean, that story she told me, man, was unreal. And I thought, wow, it's just, what what would you do if we attacked you right now? Are you prepared for that? It's crazy.
0: Yeah. How many people can answer that question that are listening to this right now? Right. I have a plan because I always have a plan, right? You have a, you have a plan, Wiley. Yep. You you always have a plan. The, the, the reality though, is this transcends safety. This actually transcends into leadership as well. And it's, it's fascinating. You know, what is leadership? Leadership is awareness of self awareness of others and awareness of your business or awareness of that space that you're operating in. Uh, regardless of what that is, if it's uh, a combat unit, it's awareness of the capabilities and the, um, you know, the direction of your combat unit and the mission involved. Mm -hmm. But that awareness of self and awareness of others, you have to uh, understand who those people around you are and what they're about. And that's ultimately where, where safer began is I was teaching. um, I was teaching police Academy students. I taught at the Academy for about five or six years, and I was teaching them how to stay alive, essentially how to recognize threats and then how to uh, deploy the different levels of use of force, with regards to those threats, that's the same thing we do in society is we and you can't go into it thinking everybody's going to hurt me. Don't get me wrong. No, of course not. But you have to be aware that there are people out sure. there that could it can happen. And hurt you.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It can happen. You know, what's interesting, and this is popping up for me now. Um, it used to be back in the day and you, you know this intimately well. And I, I talked to my wife about this and my friends about this back in the, the early 2000s. 2000s The whole, you know, flexing on someone, you know, it's... uh, And what I mean by that, I'm not talking about the tough guy, you know, body movements. I'm talking about, hey, watch your mouth. If you do X, you're going to have a problem. The the way in which we would verbally communicate um, our initial barrier to any type of assault. We would tell... Nowadays, today, that is considered assault in general. People have this weird reaction to you setting boundaries to protect yourself. And there's almost uh, now a... um, an asymmetrical approach to interacting with people where it's kind of like the proverbial i'm not touching you i 'm not touching you i'm not touching you all the way to someone just straight up shooting some somebody else there's no middle ground there's no spectrum for people to move around on and I noticed the difference between back in the day where if we had a, we got fisticuffs with someone, nobody called the cops, nobody pressed charges, there was no suing people now if you set a boundary people panic they freak out you're attacking them they call the police there's this whole thing that comes about and i think that is also you know an attribute to the fact that people are unprepared to experience confrontation regardless of how intense or how minor or mild it might be back to your point it's what are we and what we're doing is we're not teaching people how to even be prepared for the simplest of confrontation anymore right i mean that's yeah (laughs) What are your, I mean, how do you see this in, as far as what you're doing even now with you know, your business as an entrepreneur or CEO of your company? You're working with people. Uh, clearly, you're taking these, these prog- this program benefit and you're parlaying that into these people's lives and getting them to realize starting with the win, that's your biggest thing, means starting with yourself, being prepared on a daily basis, having a plan, being willing to exp- expand yourself so that you're emotionally, mentally aware of when you are being challenged or pushed because that's part of life rather than being a victim to it.
0: Exactly. You know, it, and you built a foundation right there with awareness. If, if we don't understand where we've been, where we're at, and where we're going, we don't know what our opportunities and options are within that space. And I say opportunities and options because we have an opportunity to maybe go through door one versus door three and find joy and happiness versus getting hurt, or facing a loss, or having a, a business challenge that we've never dealt with before. It's, you know, life is full of where you've been, where you're at, and where you're going. But I mean, if, if you don't have any awareness, you just kind of randomly going through this. And, you know, that's when people look back and go, I'm a victim, or people look at the situation and, and say, this is hard, I'm not prepared for it. It's because it's surprising you. And when we lack the awareness, we find ourselves on our heels and having to react instead of act. So, um, you know, it's the same thing like with that. leadership. If you walk into your business and you look at the books and you're like, I've been losing money for the past two months, you had no awareness of the financials of your organization. That's not good. <laughs> That's no, not good it, at all. It, it's not. And I mean, is, is, that as, is that the same as getting assaulted? No, probably not. But I mean, the, the reality is it still hurts.
1: Yes, it's, it's still hurts. That's a good point. Um, I'm thinking about a, a past client I had who was a, a Wall Street guy who had a side business that he had built, a transportation company, and he buried his head in the sand, let his his parents or you know stepdad and mother basically were running into the ground. I mean he was bleeding a quarter million dollars a month. It, I mean that's how bad that was. And this is a you know a multi million dollar revenue business, the side business he had. And he avoided it and did not want to look at it. And he thought things would just go away. And he was un- unemo- like emotionally unready to even just confront the reality that he was being called assaulted, his victimization of that whole situation. And then he was wondering why the rest of his life was not as op- operationally sound as it could have been or should have been given his, his accomplishments, his background and the things he was doing. And his kids were suffering and his relationships were, he wasn't finding the right love. And it's like that very thing there, that one specific area of his life that he was being a victim to. We pushed him into that direction and we had to make him face that reality and that truth. And we combated the dysfunction and the stress and the pain that came along with that. That, And it turned around and he sold it for millions of dollars and his life transformed. But that's the thing is he was being a victim to these things. And it's no matter how tough you might think you are, if you aren't prepared from all aspects of who you are as a human being and you just see things outside of you as either should benefit you or they are against you, then you're limited. And that's that old black and white thinking. I know you, you're all about you know, combating as well is like, let's blow up conventional thinking. Let's get rid of the idea that things outside of you are just outside of you. There's so much going on within you that you need to learn how to grow and expand yourself personally so that when these moments happen and you're in an a gunfight, proverbially speaking, I'm not talking about an actual gunfight. Maybe you are. I don't know. If you're military, you will be. You're ready for it. You know how to respond to it. There's no reaction. It's a response. It changes the entire way in which you relate to this situation. So I think that's fantastic.
0: Well, it's, it seems like... Um... You know, I should add a, an additional yeah. step in this in in this discussion, because, you know, when we un- unpack the and we try to simplify things, less than five is, is something I can remember. And uh, so which is why I have awareness, avoidance, de-escalation and response. But ultimately, what it comes down to is you've got awareness and then you've got pre-action going right. on here. You know, you talk about the preparation for a gunfight. You talk about um, the preparation for. Uh, financial challenges within your business or, you know, a real estate agent or anybody, you know, in this day and age, I I constantly read on social media or in the local news of the mom or the dad or that, you know, the teenager or whoever who's going to the grocery store and they pull up and there's somebody standing in the, you know, in the parking lot behind their car after they've parked and they go, what do I do? Now there's a man blocking me in and here comes another one around my driver's door. How, how do I deal with these things? And this—I mean, this type of thing happens all the time. You've got carjackings. You got—you've got, sure. got human trafficking. Um, I yeah. five hundred yards behind me is one of the you know busiest highways in the country. Right. And um, you know we, we have human human trafficking going up and down this all the time. How do we not end up being one of these victims? Is really what that that program was built around. But I mean, you have to niche down in order to sell it to a space. You can't oh, just go, it. I'm yeah. teaching safety. No, of course. So um, You know, <laughs> it's, yeah. everybody yeah. goes, well, that doesn't pertain to me. I have been victimized. But real estate agents, you get victimized. Here's the numbers. I'll teach you safety. And they're like oh yeah yeah. but you need
1: to you need to ground your audience into it you've just people in general and that's the thing is we get so compartmentalized that when we hear you know adam's teaching safety boring i'm going to move on to the next thing it's like but they don't really that's why you're very specific you you, like you said niche down into it to go hey i may have built this for real estate agents but it it works for you it works for everybody it works for police officers i can say i was gonna say your law enforcement counter uh counterterrorism you're doing all these different very high speed things you've seen the worst of the worst you understand the environments that are very Chaotic and kinetic. So you realize, like being a firearms instructor, I'm sure you know, I mean, you teach people how to defend themselves. Going back to your story. Someone's behind my car. Now there's another person. That's what, what that just showcased was they froze because they don't have the capacity to understand how do I not become a victim in this moment? How do I respond to the situational stress that I'm experiencing? Whereas like you and I would be like, great. First thing I'm going to do is people surrounding my car is I'm, I'm putting in a reverse and I'm stepping on the gas. Like I'm, I'm not going to sit there and wait to see what happens because maybe or maybe not. If you feel it, do something about it. That's, if that's you that. move look back. And if it was nothing, then pull back in the parking spot. But the point is, again, it goes back to how contracted people are mentally and emotionally, and they become victims. victims. And that is then when they decide to do something about it. And you're saying, look, and I'm saying, look, stop, do something about it first. Preparation.
0: Bingo. Yeah, it's, um, you know, we get in, once we get into that fear response with fight, flight, or freeze, typically, action and options, we we don't go that, that direction. We don't understand our are logical steps in order to to break free of the moment. Great example of this. Another parking lot situation. My wife was at a major mall. She's a real estate agent. She's been oh. to my program obviously many times. I'm sure yeah. <laughs> and and she so she's walking out of uh, one of the major retailers there into the parking lot at this mall. Yeah. And she comes out of this door, one guy holds the door for her and another guy holds the door for the the outside door for that airlock set up. And then they start following behind her Mm. and she's thinking, that's weird awareness. Okay, here we go. She's starting to think, what do I do? So she, she wants to figure out what are these guys up to? I mean, it's really cold out there. It's like 10 degrees out. There's snow on the ground. There, It's a full parking lot. So she starts walking over a couple of rows, knowing where her car is, but she starts crossing some rows to see what happens. They start crossing rows to follow her. She oh. goes down one and doubles back. They go down one and double back also. To you and I, professionals in the space of surveillance, this is a tale. Okay clearly we're being followed for some sort of reason and she starts to understand okay something's up here so she makes three right turns in the parking lot and they start to figure out what's going on here she knows that she's that or they know that she's she knows that they're following her oh so they become
1: aware (laughs) they become
0: aware so what they do is they actually go down to a car and they pull out a basketball It's 10 degrees out, Wiley. And they start passing the basketball back and forth. She goes and gets in her car and heads out, finds a security guard and said, hey, here's what's going on. The security guard's like, what? You know, oh, yeah. okay, great. He's driving around a lot with the flashy yellow lights yellow on lights.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And nothing happens. I eventually got a call from the local law enforcement agency who said, what the heck was going on? Cause I posted it on social media and that made them look bad. But, yeah. um, it, uh, we, we finally got some attention out of the whole deal, but these guys were out looking for somebody to victimize. I see. And it was, it was fascinating. There's no reason why they were doing what they were doing, except for to follow her to her car. And there are um there are a lot of armed robberies there so taking something from somebody through force threat or intimidation you corner them front of the car back of the car between two cars yes you've got them their keys their uh, purse or wallet or whatever right and you can you can take them if you want and take their car you can carjack them and get the heck out of there and and you've got a, a kidnap you've got um you know no it's wiser at the moment at least yeah. right it, exactly so um you know th- this type of thing happens. I'm not trying to make people paranoid, but I'm, I'm trying to make people aware.
1: Right. And I, you know what? Good. And, and and if people are sitting here listening to you say that and they're like, okay, I'm getting grounded in this understanding of what awareness really means. It's, we get taught, you hear it all the time. It's so cliche, especially in the whole personal development space, self-help people talk about awareness, but what does awareness really mean and look like? What does it feel like? That's another piece that I talk about is how do you feel The situation going on as well. We, you know, sometimes your head might be lying to you because you might be dealing with some stress. You might have just gotten into a fight with someone you love. There might be other factors that are going on before you've gotten to that situation that might be again becomes that quote. I don't want to say it's paranoia, but it is paranoia of what is going on now. I just had to deal with that, and this could be another thing. Great, slowing down enough, like your wife did, to be aware, present. With the moment, she not only thought about, okay, what do I need to do? What are these guys doing? But she started to intuitively feel, okay, something's not right here, which gave her this holistic approach to her situational awareness, which is what kept her on the move. And she started creating space between her and these potential attackers very intelligently. And then they become aware of it themselves, which is funny because now the bad guys become aware and they try to do some weird stuff to like throw off the idea that they were doing anything in 10 degree weather. I want people to hear that and go, you know what? Take a moment when you get into – think about it. When you plan yourself to go to, uh, to a, a specific space, you live south of Denver, right? That's the area. I know, that, I know Denver. I know exactly what you're talking about, those, those areas. Um, going to L.A., you're going into big cities. You're going into stores. Go to shopping malls. Take a moment to realize, okay, I'm already going into a place where there's a lot of people, and there could be potentially issues because there's a lot of people. The society is like that now. That extra moment to think that way can change – your entire experience, if you're in a space that tends to have more crime or more issue. Um, And then what it does for you is it takes you out of that contraction and gets you more in the expansion. Put your phone down for five seconds, get into the building, become aware of the building where you're at, where you're going to go, and then get back to what you got going on because maybe you are a CEO and you've got to be on your phone for that moment. Take that extra step to just go, you know what, it's not that important for me for an extra five seconds to get into this building if I'm in a bad area and I need to be here. That is the key, I think, is what you're talking about. It's like your wife did. It's like I was going to slow myself down enough to even be present of mind so that I can experience potential attack or problem, even if it turned out to be nothing. Exactly. I mean, is yeah. she,
0: you have to find clarity of your feelings very quickly in these situations. Indeed. And it's yeah. – um, I've got some other uh, instances of this for you uh, if you if you want to dig into some of those. Oh, yeah, let's dive
1: in, man, because I want everybody that's listening to us to really – I want them – look, the whole point of our conversation, Adam, is to ground them in awareness of what you're even talking about. Okay. Awareness so, of what it takes to be aware. So go ahead, please.
0: Exactly. And, and a big part of being aware is what are your, your available tools in order to deal with these situations. And I'm right. not – this is not a concealed carry class or anything like that, but um, so that real, for another time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what are the tools that you have available to you at the time? And I, I always talk about to real estate agents about bringing a flashlight with them, a small flashlight. And, and I don't mean the one you get in the checkout line at, at the grocery store that has a double A battery in it and you twist it and it makes a little, no, bit, yeah,
1: you're talking about a tack light.
0: I'm talking about something that, you know, maybe is, is three or four inches long, but is yep. small enough to fit in your pocket, but bright enough to take somebody's eyesight away relatively easily in a dark environment. Uh, I always carry one of those with me. I mean, it's, it's right here in my, my briefcase. I've got it with me. Uh, and it's it's daytime here. So um, I always have one with me. It's on an airplane. It's, it's either in my briefcase or it's in my pocket. It doesn't leave me. But ultimately, this thing has saved my life. And it's saved my life not just in law enforcement because light is um, it's a barrier to someone else's ability to figure out what's going on. And it's, it, you know, when you get pulled over at night and a police officer comes up and shines their light in your mirror and your eyes and things like that, you're, you're, you're overwhelmed. Yeah, you it, are quickly. It, exactly. Especially yeah. with a really good light. A hundred, spend a hundred bucks on it when you get a really good one. But, um, but I was in uh, Quebec City, Canada. My wife and I were up there on business one time. And there was a, a road. This was called 11 p.m., there's a busy road, cobblestone road, a really cool area, and then a sidewalk and then a metal rail and a large hedge that was about probably 50 or 80 yards long. And Got we it. just started working or uh, walking on the sidewalk with the hedge on one side and the busy road on the other. We didn't have many places to go. I always look for an escape route. Can you go forward? Yep. Can you go backwards or can you go sideways right. or even up and down sometimes? Right. I saw this group of teenage late teenagers something like that they were kind of um uh dressed shabby like they've lived on the street or you know gang type or something like that I don't know exactly but um this group of people and they were they were gathering and then they uh they looked back at us and it was just us for this fifty to eighty yards and they were ahead of us at the edge of this hedgerow mm. and or I could jump into traffic so i I look at my wife. I said, let's keep walking forward and see what happens. So I pull out my light and I have it in my hand and they see us eyeballs fixed. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, we've gone up a couple of notches of escalation here of Mm -hmm. what could happen because now I'm locked on their radar and we keep walking. I said, I think they're going to try and mug us. And she goes, well, what do we do? I said, just stay with me. Yep. So I see half of this group of people go to the other side of the hedge and run back behind us so they could surround us. Mm. So these guys go running the other way on the other side. And I'm thinking, all right, we're going to get sandwiched again here. Think parking lot that my wife was in. She was, they were trying to kind of box her in. Right. right. And so I, I pushed on the gas and I started walking a lot faster. I had my wife with me and I turn on my light and I look like a freight train coming down that sidewalk at these guys. Nice. So, all they see is bright light and I'm moving pretty fast towards them and I'm just going to plow right through them if they don't move out of the way. They knew what was going on. They were staring at me. I could see the whites of their eyes. Those guys turned around and boogied and got the heck out of there. Yeah, I love it. My, My wife said, what do we do now? I said, follow me. And I turned around and I went backwards at the other group of guys because I knew that they were going to come in and jump us from behind if if I didn't do something. So I turn around and I start going the other direction the same way and these guys come running around this corner and come face to face with me in the light and I'm coming straight at them now and they boogie also. The 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 reality is most criminals want they do it like this risk reward analysis. Yeah, right, it's weird. And <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they they'd rather not get hurt or Go to jail or something like that. Now, what, what would happen if these guys wanted to fight with me? I'd probably try and throw them into the street because they right. couldn't see, see what was going on. So exactly. I,
1: I can get them into the street, into That's traffic. That's what my thinking it was, too, is like if you get attacked right into the street, into traffic. Perfect. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to fight the fight. I, the best fight won is the fight never fought. So 100%. I, you know, that was our plan is I said, you know, you get close to the railing here. I'm going to get them into traffic if we have to fight with these guys. And she goes, okay. So, and and somebody pulling a knife is nothing against getting hit by a car. So, um, you know, we, we, we got them out of there, but the the reality is if we weren't watching for what was going on and had the tools to deal with it, how would we have dealt with it? I might've thought, okay, let's see if we can cross-traffic if we can, you know, make some other maneuver. But my options were pretty quickly available to me because I prepared. I had a tool to deal with this. Um, You know, it wasn't quite as good as my pistol, but hey, you know, we're in Canada, you can't do that there. Uh, You either carry a hockey stick or a
1: flashlight and you're good. Yep. And you're good. There's so many things uh, to continue to unpack with that because you were saying, first and foremost, you're right. Criminals, people that really, they attempt, they're like coyotes, Coyotes, like, somewhat easy prey, unless they're absolutely just hungry, they're, they're, they're in a place where their, their survival instincts kick in, they'll push the bounds. I mean, I had a neighbor of mine in Orange County, California, and I lived in Anaheim Hills on the, uh, near our house. Her walking her, her two, she was walking bully breed dogs, and these coyotes were hungry enough to try to attack her and her two dogs. Didn't get anything, but they were hungry. Now, for the most part, like criminals, they like the easy prey. They like the weakness. They like to fe- feel into that. They think that by overwhelming you with numbers, somehow you're just instantly going to crumble into victimization. And that's going to make it easier for them to do their job. It's like my little puppy that I have is Havanese, 13 years old. She's a vicious little nugget when she wants to get after it. She's punked out coyotes because she's like, if I'm going out, I'm going out fighting and it's, you're going to feel it. Um, and that goes back to what you just said was, what you did is you desired you des- desired the, the egress. You're, you've looked at your situational awareness and you said, okay, where can I go? Where can they go? Where can we backtrack to? What are my outs? And what are my options when it comes to actually having to address this problem head on? And You said, let's address the problem head on by moving my energy, by getting after it, turning my light on, and creating a different atmosphere so they can experience something completely different that was they were not ready for. See, that all comes together where they were unprepared and untrained for their own situation. That was not expected, which was you going, okay, I got something for you. Let's get after it. And they didn't know what to do with that. So you reversed the whole role on it. That's one big piece that came out of, out of that conference, that piece that you were sharing. Uh, and, and that's the other thing too, was um, you were unafraid to get big and show them your, you were ready to address whatever they thought was going to be easy for them. They didn't know how to respond, so they panicked and they backed out of it. The light served as a right tool to support you, and that's why people like you are doing what you do out in the world is because there are other people that are not built that way, and they need someone to hold their hand. They need someone to teach them. They need someone to show them in real time what that kind of experience is supposed to feel like versus what it could feel like. And I think it's important for people that are listening to, to realize that when you want to be your best prepared self, these things that Adam is talking about can parlay into business, can parlay into money, can parlay into relationships, it parlays into your anything you put your mind to who you are as a human can benefit from getting the simplest of training in awareness, situational awareness, being able to deescalate a situation, be able to confront, be able to find egress routes and different ways in which you can get out of it, because you're right. The best fight won is the one not fought at all. And for me, I would rather take my chevro legs, if you will, and four by four my way out of there, because at the end of the day, so what? So what, you, you know, somebody's threatening me from a distance. Okay, uh, I'm going to assess the situation. I'm going to figure out, like, what is going on here? Why is this happening right now? What is going on with me that this is even happening to me in the first place? Figure out what my outs are, address the situation from when I have the time in the distance, and then choose my Plan of attack, whether it's running away or having to confront it. So, man, there's so much good stuff in that. So much good stuff in that.
0: It's it's amazing when you start to think about how, <clears throat> not just how these uh, interpersonal interactions work, and and keep in yeah. mind, I, I did not use force in any of these things. I, no. I used None. the anticipation of force or the the fear of what they didn't expect. Exactly. Um, but but exactly. ultimately. We live in a dynamic chess board. All all of our life is is a constantly playing game of chess. And whether or not it is a dark alley that we're going down or it's a boardroom that we're yeah. walking into. Um, and you know, it's it's not a game, it's it's life. But the reality is if you start to explore the the multi dimensions here of what Chess involves, and I'm not a chess player, don't get me wrong, but I love the, the concept and the theory and the strategy behind it. You've got pieces that are weighted differently that can move different directions. Yeah. And you always have to be thinking two or three moves ahead. So what if happens all the time in my life, um, you know, it, we used to always joke about it as young cops we were like, what if I, w- I was standing in line at the bank to make a deposit? I mean, who does that anymore, really? But um, <laughs> you, know, you, you take a picture of the check on your phone or something like that. I swear, but yeah, I get, I get it. What happens if the bank's getting robbed at this time or, exactly. um, you know, you, you do it. You fly a lot. Also, we're sitting yeah. on a commercial airline. What if somebody becomes disruptive on there that's a threat to the aircraft and the passengers? What do I do? How do you, how do you handle those situations? And it's, it's a chess game. If you look yep. at it as a threat, then you end up creating this, um, a more tense response, if you will, for lack of a better term, yep. instead of free-flowing free thought that helps you discover opportunities here. And that's, that's ultimately what it's about. Love that.
1: I love that. I'm going to land that point again. <clears throat> because, man, it's huge, Adam. And this is what people need to really pay attention to. The fact that you brought... That's very... Those are some wise words, I got to tell you. Because there's a difference between create, creating tension within you because you've already uh, determined that something is a, quote, threat. Rather than what you said was the free-flowing thought that gives you options so that you can learn to value the situation and provide the right response to stimuli. Correct. And I, I'm adding words in there, but it's even the similar concept of like Kung Fu. So like, I'm, and I'm talking about ancient uh, martial application style type, you know, Kung Fu, Chinese martial arts, uh, the Michuans and all that, not the, the classical Tai Chi that's taught in the parks, which even though that it does have martial application to it, but the very principle that I'm bringing up for all of the holistic ancient Chinese martial arts is the one thing that my teacher taught me years ago was learn how to accept the attack so that the right response will present itself. Now it doesn't mean let someone hit you does not mean let someone shoot you doesn't even mean let someone even come at you. What it's saying is, The awareness of of the opponent, whatever that situation is, person is, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Even if you're in front of your computer and you're like, all right, Excel spreadsheet. I got to get after this because I hate doing numbers and I don't do it myself. It's realizing that if you allow yourself to learn how to flow, free flow in thought, free flow in being, changes the way in which you relate to that tenuous moment. Therefore, releasing this idea of rigidity so that you can experience the right results, solutions that pr- provide you those results. And and that then in turn helps progress who you are as a person so that more success can be your byproduct. And this becomes this never-ending new habit that you've developed because you've gone back to the basics of, like you said, get rid of the, the idea that everything is a damn threat. If it doesn't feel good, look good, sound good, whatever it might be, give yourself permission to appreciate and value those Dif- difficult, uncomfortable moments, if you will. So anyway, that's kind of what I wanted to throw in there too, man. It was fantastic. Totally. So if you're totally. hearing that pay attention to it.
0: Yeah. It's let me add something to this Wiley, because when people, um, you know, we don't, we don't want people to go through life thinking there's a threat out there. You know, no. there are, there are threats out there. I mean, if you ever been swimming in the ocean, I mean, there's, there's things out there that can eat you, but do you go enjoy yourself? Absolutely. You know, if you go walk in the woods, there are things out there that can eat you. If you've ever been to Africa, there are definitely things out there that can eat you. Yes. So, I mean, it's and – it, and it's fun because, you know, and reminds me sitting around a fire in the middle of Africa in the bush. and You take your flashlight and turn it on and you shine it out into the, in the bush around you and all you see is eyeballs. Yep. But you're oh. sitting there at the fire going, I'm enjoying this nice bourbon or, or a cigar or something like yeah. that and enjoying life. We have to enjoy life and not be tense about the fact that there are predators, prey. We are prey to some predators. Um, But the reality is they will choose their prey based upon how that prey allows us to be chosen. Right. Thank you. So, you you know, the I look at it and say, I'm going to do everything I can to not be chosen as prey, both in in life, in relationships. In business, in uh, safety conscious situations, in, um, you know, you getting on yeah, the street you're, someplace.
1: You're choosing, though, you're choosing all of that for who you are yourself. Right. It's because all of those other parts that you just mentioned, they are things we do. They are byproducts of action and our desires and our connection and our, you know, all of those facets of being human. But you choose for the state of your being that being is a different, completely different thing. You're in a space where it's interesting. You brought that up in Africa with the flashlight. And I want to go back to a flashlight point because I have a story from Iraq that flashlight saved my life. And it's interesting where I know someone who lived in New York and from New York and used to train walk and walk through the city at like 3 o'clock in the morning to go train at their place that they were going to go do, whatever it was. They were uh, an athlete. And she said... Because she's such an a personality type woman and she just has this confidence, nobody in the alleyways at three o'clock in the morning in New York City ever bothered her. Nobody ever gave her any kind of hint that she could be a victim. Beautiful woman, five foot 11, 145 pounds, just athlete, you know? And yet other people would get victimized in the alleyway. And what you just said was important is that there's a level of self confidence and energetics of who you are, your being that you determine prior to ever actually speaking the words or doing the actions physically, that matters too. The awareness to who you are is a fundamental place we need to start from so that we can expand from there and we can build off of that rather than trying to circumvent that, thinking that we're going to do some mindset work and we're going to do some firearms training and we're going to do some situational stuff and that somehow is going to be enough to... It's almost like putting a roof on a shaky foundation of a house and think the house is going to stand up on itself until, you know, it's going to eventually fall. You've got to build from within. But you said something, and I, you know, I think this is interesting. The flashlight is important. I have one with me at all times, too. I just always do it in my car. When I was in Iraq, we did a, um, I was a light infantry guy with the 101st Airborne Division, and uh, mortars was my specialty. But you know, because of my just my desire to just be doing really good stuff as a soldier, I was always asked to come participate with like the door kickers. I got to go do certain missions with them. In Iraq, we went and did a, um, a, a seizure, a, a search and seizure type style mission. We were going looking for a very specific target. And we were in a blacked out area of this, this town, northern Iraq. I'm trying to remember exactly where it was off the top of my head, but I can't. And I remember having my tack light on my M4. And we were moving around with our nods on. We had PVS-14s, those single-eyed, you know, night vision devices. And we we're around as a team, a fire team, communicating you know, softly in our radios. And I came around the corner in this building. And I had this weird feeling. And I was like, something's not right here. And I instantly hit the mic to let them know we had a specific code. And they knew something wasn't right. And when I turned around, I just said, I need to turn the flashlight on. It's pitch black. I'm going to wash out my nods. I know what's going to happen. When I did it, there was a guy standing to the side and he had a big slab of rock over his shoulder as if he was waiting for us to come in so he can hit us with, with the rock. Because I turned that flashlight on and I saw that brief silhouette, I did the butt stroke of my weapon outward. And I knocked this guy to the ground so that we could arrest this guy and kind of take him in. Cause he was part of like whatever crew we were looking for. The point I'm making is that that flashlight, it brought, oh, even though I wasn't supposed to do that, I was aware. I was aware of my feelings in that moment. I felt the tension change. My mind started to race about, okay, something's different. I don't know what it is. I need to trust that feeling and that thinking and do something That might go against what I've been told I should or shouldn't do. And because I did that, that guy could have clobbered me over the head, regardless of wearing Kevlar. I mean, he could have clobbered me and hurt me, killed me. But it's important that I paid attention to myself because I was in a position like we are as military guys. We are trained to be that way. But as a civilian out there, how do they train themselves? Well, they have to be willing to embrace different protocols taught by people like you to learn themselves and they have to be willing and wanting to do that so they can experience a completely different life flow rather than being victims to life and seeing that life is just against them. They become the masters of their own thing. They get that North star and they win. They start to change the way in which they operate. So crazy story, but I thought I'd share that.
0: There's, there's some key points in that story that I want to, I want to kind of accentuate here, Wiley. I mean, first of all, you saved that guy's life by using your flashlight instead of your trigger. Sure did. So, I mean, it's you know, it's it's a difficult situation and I mean, you you would have been fully justified of using deadly force on that that man 100%. Doing that, but you you know, you've added some levels of escalation in there that um that was beneficial obviously to him and the situation. You didn't you know, enact gunfire, which would have also attracted additional attention, things like that compromised, uh, the, the team holistically possibly. But the reality is you, you took another step, you saved somebody's life, but you also captured a, uh, you know, somebody who needed to be the, the second piece here is your gut told you to change tactics. And it's fascinating when we look at when do we change tactics and when do we need to make adjustments? our, We we have a gut feeling. It's actually called a survival instinct, which is you know you if you have a dog and you see the you know somebody knocks on the front door, the Amazon driver shows up or something, the dog (laughs) does one of those weird barks. It's that alert bark, right? Or you as a human being feel like the hair on the back of your neck is standing up, or you just have a gut feeling. You know, people also call it intuition or women's intuition. Both men and women have it. We have it. We're human. Yeah, exactly. But the difference is. The majority of society ignores intuition. One hundred percent. The minority of society, this small amount of people who understand that I'm dynamic in the flow of the situation, takes that intuition and says, "Hmm, intuition." And you make you really make a split second response. What do I do? Do I do I become more aware? Do I continue what I'm doing? Do I stop what I'm doing? Do I change what I'm doing? And you. You understand that that's the flow of the situation that is triggered by the intuition. So this is a big part of the real estate agent training program as well is everybody always says, oh, well, my gut was telling me this. Then do something. Right. (laughs) You know, for crying out loud. I mean, don't don't just sit there and go, my, my gut says I'm going to get killed here.
1: Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. That's the biggest thing I hear. Let's see what happens. Why? Right. Why? You're ignoring who you are. You're ignoring you. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. You know, Adam, it's it's crazy. It's kind of like, and you know what happens is the, the small minority of people that are in tune with that are labeled as the esoteric weirdos. Right, you get all of that too. Oh, that's the woo-woo stuff, you know, uh, intuition. And if it can't be, you know, logically or rationally, you know, created and mimicked in science, then everything else is irrelevant. It doesn't and matter. Doesn't exist. And that's the problem. That's why most of those people, unfortunately, live very limited lives. They don't realize that there's so much more to who we are as humans. Yeah. You create your reality. So, or let me add, let me add this to it, Wiley. Yeah. Or they're miserable. True.
0: So, so consider the, um, the woman you were speaking about that walks through the alleys and things like that. Yeah. Most people who ignore their intuition go head down. True. They just, they just go head down in life. Yep. Because they're, they're like, all right, I'm going to go. My goal is to get from point A to point B and anything in the middle, it doesn't matter. I don't have time to deal with it. You know, whatever it might be. You can't, you can't be head down in life and expect to get someplace First of all, with with happiness and with grace and and with opportunities. I mean, because, you know, that that woman that walks through the alleys, I bet you at some point she's done something to help somebody in her traversing of the city. But she also probably really enjoys the heck out of that time she spends with herself and with the city. And she probably walks around with a smile on her face.
1: Confident. Love it. She just like, you know, I enjoyed being out 334 in the morning, walking through early, early work to do is, you know, to train. She just knew where she she was so connected, but she was aware, you know, had that just that type of personality that that loved the experience of life. Saw life again. It it goes back to the cliche. Is it half empty or half full? All those different ways in which we operate. You're right. Head down. And that's the other thing is I see it in the parking lots, Uh, driving in parking lots of Whole Foods or any store I'm going to. People are head down not aware of the car coming. There's no awareness to anything going on. It realized the, it's like, this is the problem. And then when, they, when you beep the horn at them, which I don't do, even do anymore because it startles people so much, right? You're laughing because it's so true. When you just give a little tap on the horn, it freaks them out and they lose it. And then they'll drop their groceries. Uh, they'll fall off their bikes. It's almost dangerous now to be, make people aware out in public because there's so much of this. And then they get mad at life. And they start looking outside of themselves to blame as a victim of why their life isn't where they want it to be. And, and if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, and it doesn't matter where you're at. A nurse, I have nurse, a couple of nurses calling me recently saying, hey, I don't do what you do, but I want to know what I can do to better myself. And it's like, if you're in those positions, it behooves you to realize that it starts within. It starts with you. It starts with your, your ability to be aware of your life in general. And then, Walk with your head up. It doesn't matter if you know what to do in any given situation, change the habit, become alert to life. Cause this is like the one thing we've got. And when it's gone there, you don't get to hit your reset button. Right? I mean, there's no, Hey, I'm going to try that out again. I kind of messed that up. I wish I could go back and be in my twenties, be in the military again, but I can't. Okay. I did what I did. Now I'm here doing what I'm doing now. It's just anyway. So that was, um, the parking lot one gets me every single time. It's like, do they not hear a car next to them? Hey, right wake up now it's it's funny because
0: I, I i also have a tesla i have a I have a big truck, but I have a Tesla, yeah. and yeah. when you 're in that Tesla, you can come creeping through the parking lot and nobody True. hears
1: you it's no they don't it's it 's
0: interesting, so you you do have to be aware because those things will run you over just as easily as any other vehicle well
1: well that's the thing I got taught growing up you know it it takes less energy for a human body to stop than it does a car. And nowadays, when people are walking across streets and things like that, they get mad when the car, it's almost like they stop traffic. I had, I was driving through you know Phoenix one day and three kids, young kids in their 20s, they were just walking. They saw me coming and they slowed down. They slowed down instead of running and getting out of the street. Again, I just laughed at them and I just kept, I slowed down and kept going because what's the point? What am I going to engage in that moment? Because it's worthless. But that's the other thing is people feeling these situations where most people would have taken that moment and tried to fight and argue with them because they don't like the way it feels. They feel victimized by that moment. I'm not victimized by it. It's just what happens in the world. These people are unfortunately unaware. I, I have better things to do. I have better places to go. I'm just keen on what's happening here. So this is the problem is waking people up. That's why I'm glad we're here having this conversation. I know we're getting kind of close already. I think, you know, it's almost time here for us because it goes by so fast. We're having a great conversation, brother, but, um, I want to just add a little bit more. Any other thoughts, like wise words that you feel that people need to hear about what we've been talking about when it comes to the parking lot stuff? That's a key thing to share. Is like become aware of the simplest of moments in your life. I think is a, a big component you teach. Correct?
0: Exactly. Be be aware. You know, obviously awareness gives you options that lead to avoidance. Um, if you do end up in something, we we haven't talked about that yet. But you know, please and, do. I mean,
1: we go for it. Yeah, I want to hear what yeah, you got to so, say. I them. mean, yeah.
0: ultimately. You know, I and I and maybe we did talk about it. the best fight one is the fight we never fought. You know, you've got two things you can do you can de escalate and try and, you know, it's always good to be the the better person when it comes to this. If somebody's yeah. having a really bad day, a smile. And I I love your passion. I wish you the best, have a nice day, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and, and there are some that are just despondent. You're not going to be able to get away from, and then you have to move into a response mode, um, which is, you know, the action of, it could be hand-to-hand combat. It could be, um, turning and and running as fast as you can. Again, getting away is better than, uh, engaging because engagement is going to involve injury. No matter how good you are, at, at the street fight, you're, the chances of you getting hurt or misplacing your stepping when you're in your foot movement and blowing out a knee, or you never know if their buddy's going to show up or you fall into traffic. Who knows what it is? Never know. Um, there's no honor in finishing a fist fight, okay? Um, but there is honor in surviving an incident. So you, you have to make this call and do bad, do bad things happen to good people? Yes, they do. I'm not, you know, because inevitably you and I are going to hear from somebody to listen to this and they're going to be like, well, what if you couldn't do anything about it? Okay. Then, then live after the fact, but live that, but live through the fact Yes, is the situation. You know, we all have hard things happen to us. I've been in, you know, all sorts of crashes and, you know, whatever else, other crazy Bad things happen to us, but I'm still here and I have the opportunity to be happy, be healthy, live the best life and love people around me. And that creates success.
1: Right. That's the, that's the key. And, and, and to add to that real quick, um, there are a lot, there are many things you and I, I'm sure. And to tell those people that are going to ask that question, there are many things that you and I look at life right now. I look at it right now as well. You do too. I, I wish I could do something about that. There are things I wish I could do. Why isn't it that it's almost like I have a weird again, this goes back to even the military mindset that I have is why isn't it that that didn't happen when I was in, you know, in in the situation in that moment, because nobody did anything about that. And look what happened. People died because of it. God, why did you know, and it's almost like, but why would I want that to happen? See, that's the other thing It's like, but I'm not asking for that. I'm not trying to draw that in or attract that. It is a thought you can have and you, go, you know what, all I can continue to do is stay aware of my life, stay aware of my impact that I have on people, focus on myself the awareness of myself, how I I do create out in the world. And if any time my path crosses a situation like that, I already know exactly how I can respond to it. And I will be able to respond properly so that I don't escalate the situation into something worse. And I can change the dynamic so that people become less of a victim and they become more of winners for themselves in their lives. So again, that's... That for anybody that wants to ask that question, there are some things you're never going to be able to do anything about. That's okay. Don't let that victimize you either. Don't let that pull you down and look, right? You end up walking with your head down because you couldn't do anything. And then you become this, like, never-ending cycle of, like, self-doubt, fear, cautiousness, right? And, you, and then what happens? You get into the more situations that victimize you than you do in situations that are successful for you. So exactly, that's a big one. Yeah. Live, for, live forward, live happy, live aware. Live so. forward, live happy, live aware. Live forward, live... Yeah, yeah, that's a good There's one. something like that. I don't know. It's kind of three words that came to mind. That's good. If it came out, it's, this is the whole point, man. It's, it's organic. It's just going to come out, right? It, it, fail forward fast. That's the one everybody keeps talking here about. Go. But yeah. Live yeah. forward. You, you're right. Keep living forward. And that's the key component, live. Now, there are some situ- situations before we wrap up here. There are some situations where people are unfortunately born into environments that victimize them. People are born into uh situations they they don't have power over but if there are other people that are around them that can teach them it can share with them things like you do at you know See stuff like that matters get involved in there are so many different military guys right now they're teaching survival courses you know, you know firearms instruction i know you know who i'm talking about some, some of those guys out there that are doing this right now they're helping people be better prepared for natural disasters, for societal civil disasters, things like that, because a prepared population is a successful population. That's right. Yeah. Wow, brother. I, I could go on for hours with you on this because I think there's so many ways in which we can continue to to give people even more in depth insight into what that looks like. But I mean, I'm sure we'll have to do it again down the road. Um, but thank you so much I, you know, I want to share real quick with the audience um, I didn't get a chance to mention this but that's fine it's if you're listening to us right now I'm actually doing a whiskey giveaway for the show as well so I'm doing a premium bottle of the Balvini Doublewood 12 every month for the, the rest of 2023 so if you want to get in on that if you're listening right now and you want to try a, a really good quality single malt scotch whiskey uh, just go ahead and click the upfire link that will be found in the description box follow the steps uh, once you're entered if you win I'll reach out to you directly via email um, if you have any questions for Adam or myself, feel free to reach out via email. I want to hear from you. Uh, please make sure that you like and subscribe to the podcast, especially those of you are on, uh, watching on YouTube right now. Other than that, brother, man, thank you so much for being here. This has been a fantastic conversation. I really appreciate you sharing all your wisdom with the audience around this very specific you know, focus that you have on creating situational awareness so people can live a, a very successful life. And they can win. That's the biggest thing. You want people to win at life? This is what it takes Um, until next time, thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. For those listening today, thanks for hanging out with us. If you're digging what you're hearing, don't forget to give that subscribe button a tap and make sure you rate and review the show. Catch you all in the next conversation. Cheers.